Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the things that we are watching and or reading. I'll go first because mine is not romance related <laughs> or anything related to Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice, Emma. Not at all. No. Carry on. I, I jumped onto the bandwagon of everyone who's been talking about Bird Box on Netflix and I watched Bird Box. Thoughts? Feelings? Emotions? I didn't realize it was so scary. <laughs> I feel like that's what it's known for. No. Well, I watched the trailer because I was either going to watch that or Velvet Buzzsaw. And the trailer for Velvet Buzzsaw, which has Jake Gyllenhaal, has a lot more like blood and gore and like scary stuff. And I was like, the Bird Box trailer does not have that. So I was like, if I have to choose one of these two, go with Bird Box. Turns out Bird Box has a lot of that stuff too. (laughs) They just hit it. Psychological. They just hit it from the trailer. (laughs) So it was a lot scarier than I I realized. But Sandra Bullock just like continues to be amazing Mm -hmm. in everything she does. I still love her best in, um, I mean, Miss Congeniality, yes. Mm -hmm. But While You Were Sleeping is still one of my favorites of of hers so it's funny because she was like a rom-com darling for many years for so long and we're like this is what she does and i feel yeah. like the proposal was like the last movie that she did that was of that genre yeah and, and then, then she did like gravity gravity and... was the turning point yeah for her career i mean you could say the beginning of her career too was very actiony with uh speed oh right <laughs> but like Reeves. she ended up with keanu reeves like yeah. you wanted that from her the whole time yeah exactly <laughs> but then she switched on us it's uh you know if you like scary things watch it i did right after have to watch 101 dalmatians just to feel better because <laughs> i was like that was too scary i don't I know like this underrated the animated or the the like, live action dude glenn close as cruella Deville is a villain that we as a society, should really talk about more. That was the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. Oh. And I remember turning away from the screen when she's like laughing maniacally because she's terrifying in that movie. She's truly such a villain for anyone and like kids especially are like, ah! So yeah, in rewatching it, the way they time the music, like the way the music is composed for that movie is so well done. Like every little movement or look or thing has like a music cue to it. It's so fun to watch again as an adult. So. <laughs> well, it's funny because I feel like she's kind of like a Miranda Priestly character, but you don't really see that as a kid because you're like rooting for the puppies. Yeah. <laughs> you're rooting for the puppies. She's, I mean, Miranda Priestly is more passive in her, in yeah. her like meanness and everything. And Corella is definitely like, you all work for me. Do what I say. <laughs> yeah. Fun to watch after Bird Box. Aww. <laughs> But what are you reading, Jillian? I have been reading this book called The Last Romantics by Tara Conklin. I enjoy it so far. It's kind of like a sort of supposed to be this sweeping family saga. Hmm. Basically, it starts off in the year 2079. Oh, okay. And it's like this like old woman who's like over 100 years old, and she's a very famous poet. Hmm. 
And she basically is, like, speaking at this university just, like, like one last time, like, one last hurrah. And then it kind of, like, slips into her growing up with her, like, four other siblings. And right now, I'm, like, in their childhood, and it's, like, the 1980s. Yeah. But it's, like, it's going to go through their entire lives, and it's going to, like, go through, like, these years and, like, the years in the future. And it's kind of, like, what's happening to the world and, like, climate change and, like, okay. sort of, like, how they're just, like, living their lives with, like, all the change of life happening. But, okay. like, it's, it's kind of, like, a five minutes into the future kind of thing interesting are there multiple books in this series or um, is it just the one i think it's just this one okay. if there are more this is the first one okay but uh cool. as i understand it it's a standalone it's a really pretty cover it's again it's called the last romantics it just came out it's from the new york times best-selling author of the house girl you said 2079 and i was like that's not a real year <laughs> I knew you were and then i that. looked it up and, and i calculated like just real quick and i was like oh i could technically be alive in that year like i'd be 88 years old both yeah we could be alive we could be doing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) we'll still be doing this i'll be like 2019 that wasn't a real year (laughs) there's always new adaptations to talk about so for for sure (laughs) for sure for sure and then we'll be like famous we'll be old ladies doing this and they'll be like they've been they've kind of always been old ladies the way that they talk about jane austen adaptations you remember podcasts they're still doing it i know (laughs) they still are up to it yeah but back to present day but back to present day (laughs) uh speaking of podcasts let's dive into episode 33 back in the saddle written by tracy bitteroff directed by shelby roy emma's back she is she wrapped up the izzy knightley drama and she's feeling more confident than ever and she's just ready to take over the world really yeah (laughs) She's feeling good. She wants all of the clients and she wants to help everyone because she knows that she has a gift and she's really good at what she does. The way she can really just meet with someone almost for like 10 minutes and really identify their core problems even when they don't see it. Yeah, that's really a talent that not many people have and she's able to quickly like jump into an action plan for them. Sometimes not the right plan. But she always like reroutes and everything to make sure that it's the right plan for that person. So she's like, all right, Harriet, we're going to do a party. We're going to like all the prospective clients that you've been researching. We're going to throw them all in a room and they're going to see how brilliant I am. And we're going to just be booming with business. I don't know why, but this reminds me of, did you ever watch a show on Wii or something called The Millionaire Matchmaker? I've heard of it, but I, I don't think I ever, I never watched it. I was like very into it in like middle and high school (laughs) and it just kind of reminds me essentially what would happen is these like millionaire dudes would come to Patty the matchmaker Mm -hmm. and they're like I'm so tired of being single and sometimes they were honest and sometimes they were liars and they weren't they loved being single oh and but basically the whole premise for every show is that like she would like kind of interview all these girls and then she'd throw them in a cocktail party with these two guys and they'd all mingle and they'd all just kind of like sort themselves out and it's not that but it feels kind of like that just if is it like a more expedited version of the bachelor i mean in a way because basically more efficient version (laughs) sort of more efficient because i mean essentially i mean granted it is tv yeah but the idea is patty picks girls that are right for these guys and they kind of and they like basically choose like one or two women to go on dates with okay and then if they like those women then they keep seeing those women so like 
Yeah, I guess an expedited bachelor, but there's no proposal at the end. Right. She just, <laughs> they just date for a while, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, they'd always have, like, a, what happened? Ne-? You know, they'd always have a little epilogue on the series, mm-hmm. and it would always be something like, yeah, and they're still going out, or, and they never saw each other again, right. you know? Kind of like life. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, I, no, that's definitely the idea that Emma has for this party, for this gathering. I think that's a great idea to, like, just get everyone who is a prospective client in a room and like they all mingle and I don't know what the exact setup is. Like, do they, does she, is she up front of like, I'm a lifestyle coach and a matchmaker. And if you're interested, come on and buy and like, we'll talk. I think that's probably it. You know, she's just very upfront of like, this is what I do. If you're interested, come on by, you know, we'll talk, have free drinks, what she thinks will be an open bar. Open bar. (laughs) Open bar, baby. Yeah. And then (laughs) Nylee walks in. He just like kind of strolls in. He's again, he's strolling nightly. He talks to her about the most boring, stupid thing in the whole world, financial responsibility. <laughs> Ugh. And he basically comes in and he's like, hi, what's this I hear about a party with an open bar? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, more clients, money follows money. And he's like, I hear you. I totally hear you. Also, we need to make money, not spend it. Right. Cause and- they, yeah, they also had that great holiday party where they spent a lot of money. <laughs> it's funny because like, I feel like Emma and I had a similar train of thought the whole episode because then he's like, I need you to help me with something. And I was like, oh, help, I can help. He's like, I want you to help a friend of mine who could really, really use your help. And she's like, that's what I do. <laughs> and then he's like, and it's Maddie Bates and I want you to have lunch with her and just like follow through on your promise of meeting with her and also like listen to her financial advice. And she- oh, I see your game, Alex Knightley. Game, what game? There's no game. You want me to listen to Maddie so that I will learn how to be more financially responsible. Why do you even try? We finally hear more about Maddie Bates, which is great. We, we can assume now this is like the next arc and the next client that we're going to see play out in the story. But I do love that Knightley is trying to low-key scheme the ultimate schemer. And Emma immediately sees right through it and is like, no, you can't do this to me. I know you're, I know all these tricks mm-hmm. and I see what you're trying to do. You can't do this to me. I invented this system. I invented scheming. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is one of those instances where she does have to listen to Knightley because he's like, hey, you know that part? You know how I'm usually really good at staying in my bubble? And they cite the industrial revolution. Yeah. (laughs) You business, me creative, don't blur the boundaries. Division of labor works. You remember the industrial revolution. Do you even know the bad things that happened because of the industrial revolution? He would not be coming out of his money hut if he did not need something from you. Yeah. And he needs you to, like, chop, chop, make some money. Though, I mean, it's interesting that Alex is bringing this sort of quote-unquote client up because this isn't another client that's going to bring them money either. So it's interesting that he is asking Emma to help. I don't know what the ultimate... I mean, it's it's a mutual friend of theirs. It's someone they care about. Alex more so than Emma, probably. But it's Emma's dad's Harriet. Yeah, that was a nice little... Uh, I guess, realization that she had. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. Because, like, she kind of can't be mad at this lady because she's, like, clearly a woman who's, like, been in her life since she was a little girl and she, like, cares about her very deeply and she probably sees her as, like, a relative. And so it's, like, she can't just brush this woman off. Like, she's family and she's got to take care of her and she's got to be good to her. Yeah, the way Emma's talked about her is definitely, like, she's the most annoying woman ever. I know. (laughs) I feel so bad for Maddie. Yeah, that's why she keeps, like postponing and canceling lunches with her and i guess that's all we really find out before the next episode jumping into episode 34 attitude and gratitude written by tracy bitteroff directed by shelby roy then we get the rundown and then we get to meet maddie bates yeah we get more about who maddie was and 
Emma, I guess, decides to take wheatgrass shots before Emma uh, before Maddie comes in because one, she needs to be like on her game. She needs to be able to get through this client in ten minutes or less, and she needs to kill her taste buds, <laughs> which is very interesting. And I'm like, why? Yeah. And then apparently it's because Maddie makes preserves. I didn't realize she made her eat the preserves in front of her. Sure. But nevertheless, she has to kill the taste buds. Yeah. I was worried about Emma's white skirt and those wheatgrass shots, because any spill could ruin that skirt. I didn't even notice. I was very worried. Joanna did that like a champ. She's so coordinated. (laughs) She's great. (laughs) Yeah, because she's pounding wheatgrass. Yeah. Like, they're in a freaking Jamba Juice. Right. And then before Harriet, before Maddie comes in and Harriet leaves... Emma does instruct Harriet or or like very much so insinuates that Harriet uh, should come in at 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes, with a very important phone call. 10 minutes in is about when Maddie will start talking about her niece. Who's her niece? Jane Fairfax. Which (laughs) I love the way uh, Emma talks about Jane's accomplishment. She's like, oh, she's so talented and she (laughs) plays at Carnegie and like all this stuff. And she's like... Yeah, she's doing a lot of good work in the world, Emma. <laughs> I know, but it's sort of it's sort of funny to see because like I feel like Emma considers herself as a peerless person, you know, like yeah. not everyone is like as accomplished as she is, right? And as com- not done as much level. as she has, and so Jane, I think, is the closest thing to uh, an Emma peer as can be imagined, and so I, I think she kind of sees her as competition, and she's like sick of hearing because she's like, what about all my accomplishments? You yeah, know? exactly. Um, and like you know, I'm sure plenty of people brag about Emma to people, but like yeah. when she has to hear about the competition, it's maddening. I mean, look at the clients that Emma has. Like she helped a senator, and she's like helping more high profile people. Like Ryan Weston has this cupcake empire. Like she does help high, yeah, she has high profile clients, and that's very impressive too. But Jane also has all these accomplishments and she's doing a lot of nonprofit work and it's tough to compare the two of them too because they have such different experiences and different accomplishments mm-hmm. they're both equally accomplished in what at what they do yep. but emma still feels like like i don't i, I think she just doesn't want to hear about it all the time she doesn't want to hear about it and i think maddie just goes on and on about it that's yeah. the thing too yeah you won't shut up about it <laughs> i mean it's like you don't want it unless it's something you're equally into you don't want to hear about anything as much as maddie talks yeah, about yeah exactly so then with that maddie bates enters Woo! and i love her she's wonderfully optimistic and joyful and great <laughs> i know and i'm like emma you've been so hard on her i know she's, she's such a lovely person yeah we've only been getting emma's perspective of what maddie will be like and we we'll finally meet maddie and we're like oh she's great yeah <laughs> she's not even that annoying yeah but then and again i'm not emma i'm not i don't see her as often as she right does, so. exactly we get her in like five minute doses yeah <laughs> and immediately maddie pulls out her latest preserve peach guava turnip the turnip makes it smoother. Oh, how nice of you. Thank you, Maddie. We'll just save this for later. I can speak from a place of extreme honesty when okay. I say that turnip is the most disgusting flavor <laughs> that's ever been invented by nature. I don't know why we still sell these. <laughs> Maybe it's a very subtle flavor in the peach guava Maybe, but it's just, it's such a sharp, there's almost a spice to it that, Mm. like, you really don't see coming. Turnip just, like, sounds like a boring vegetable. Sure. It sounds plain, and you're like, okay, I'll eat this turnip, and then it's like a, (laughs) like a flash of, like, spice, and I'm like, where did that come from? Can I help you? Yeah. And it's just, I don't think it's very pleasant. So she put it in the preserve, and that's fine. I like that's a fun hobby of hers, though. She just likes making preserves and and combining different uh, different flavors. 
may not be the best flavors, but she's but adventurous. She's, she's going for it. Yeah. yeah. No, I also like that. I mean, like, she didn't, Emma didn't even have to eat it right in front of her. I don't know why she's complaining about killing her taste buds. Yeah. She was just like, and I'm going to immediately put this as far away from me as possible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and never speak of it again. Uh, Emma's here to deduce what's wrong with Maddie, and she's awaiting a very important phone call from who knows who. Well, I, yeah, the thing is, what Knightley had said is like, yeah, like, I want you to learn from Maddie. And now that's what Maddie thinks she's in here in the office for. She's here to teach Emma financial planning and help her learn those skills. And she's so excited to like teach the great Emma Woodhouse about all like all her skills too. And like helping Emma to get to a stronger financial (laughs) status too. Mm -hmm. But Maddie doesn't know that the actual intention is to help her, not her helping Emma. Right. Like the financial planning thing is kind of a ruse. I mean, like Knightley wants Emma to learn. Right. But I think he suspects there's something more that they could do to help her. And I think what Emma kind of gleans from her conversation with her, which I love how she gets into the Jane Fairfax stuff too early. Yeah. And I just love Emma like fiddling with her hair, like, kill me now. <laughs> I hate Jane. The montage of like all the different cuts of like, and Jane's doing this and that. And did you know she just adopted a kitten? Found it right there on the street, nursed it back to health. It's blind in one eye. <laughs> we got to this Jane point way too fast fast yeah we're going on for way too long but i mean when emma tries to ask like how's business maddie's just like you know business is up and down as it always is and mm-hmm. we're just like she it's clearly bad and she's not saying like she's so effortless like knightley was right she will never ask for help and so i think what emma gleans from their conversation is she's like aha maddie's business needs more clients Emma's business needs more clients. Yeah. But because they do different things, it's not like they're competition. So she's like, I just need some people who are bad with their money to meet Maddie (laughs) and she will make them very good with their money. We also do get the news from Maddie that Jane is coming back from London. Hooray! Which is great for Maddie. She loves her niece and Mm -hmm. she's going to be helping with Maddie's business. But bad news for Emma because Jane will be back and she's only going to hear even more about Jane. I know. And she's going to be in her orbit. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's one thing when there's this girl halfway across the world, like doing her thing and you only have to hear about it when you talk to her aunt. Right. It's another thing when she like invades your hometown and is like working in your circles. And right. Like, crap and now i have to hear about her from everyone yeah now i have to like see her potentially and yeah. like pretend to be nice to her or get along and maddie's definitely going to try to push the two of them like go out go have lunch mm-hmm. and like she's gonna be like no i'm busy yeah you're the same person we are not the same person <laughs> uh this scene also plays out in the book in a really funny way too because maddie in this is, is like mama she's a little deaf miss bates says the same similar things in the book too so that's funny a funny little thing that's going on where like she's like going between like the conversation and like praising jane and that's what exactly what's playing out in this scene too of like we're talking about finance but jane is so great right and you're so great too emma but jane is so great (laughs) so and uh my favorite part of this whole scene is the very important phone call that emma is about to receive (laughs) harriet just enters and she's like yes harriet sorry to interrupt but you have a very important phone call emma from the queen of england the queen. It's funny because like Jane lives in England and I feel right. like she would be closer to meeting the queen than like, yeah, Emma. why would you be calling Emma? There's there's a like really quick look of panic on Emma's face. She's like, oh no, is Maddie going to believe this? Maddie buys it. Totally buys it. And then Emma's like, yep, I get calls from the queen sometimes. It's just, it's just, it's just my life. She just ties up the phone lines. I don't know what to say. Yeah. You know? I do love that Maddie like 
fully buys it for as quickly as she does and she's like oh i have to get out of here you're gonna talk to the queen that's so funny tell her i said hello yeah like like your majesty my friend maddie says hi like that's not a thing (laughs) just like harriet you had 10 minutes to think about who who you could say and she landed on the queen (laughs) i think the fewer details the better oh yeah you just pick the world's most common name and say it with extreme intensity like emma Steve is on the phone. And it's like, oh my god, who's Steve? What what does he want? Yep, Harriet went with the queen. <laughs> and here we are. She made a choice. She followed through on that choice. Yep. And it, it you know, it, it played worked. out. Yeah, it worked. It worked. It played out. Maddie then goes to tell Alice the good news that she's going to be in the office probably more often now, yeah. that Emma's going to be helping her. She also is under the impression that she's still helping Emma with her finances and all of that. Emma pushes more of the preserves onto Knightley, and so he's going to be getting some interesting flavor combinations coming his way. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what else she whips up. Yeah, the way then Emma kind of tells Harriet, she's like, oh, what clients did you have? Oh, we had this homemaker, we had this actor. She's like, shelve them all. (laughs) Now we have a new plan. I'm I'm sure that's very, I I mean, Harriet goes along with it very well, but it's very disruptive to just do that to someone to be like, hey, you know all that work you've been doing? Forget it. We're going to go in a completely different direction now. It's the worst. (laughs) Find this kind of client that we now need for Maddie Bates in order yeah. for to help her business. Because actually it seems like a thing where Emma's trying to find a way to save Maddie's business before Jane even gets there so that Jane just shows up and it's like, nope, see, you're fine. Go away now. Oh yeah, we kind of skipped over that part because like, you know, Emma hates hearing about Jane and all the yeah. good work that she's doing. And then as soon as Maddie's like, it's okay, I'm sure Jane would love to help me. Right. She suddenly is very interested in Maddie's business yeah. and is like, you don't need to wait for Jane. I'm right here. I can help you. I have the means. I have the resources. Yeah. I'm going to make your life better. Like, she's invested now. Yeah. She's emotionally. Like, yeah. And that's why Maddie's so grateful. She's like, oh, great. Like, you're going to help me? Like, that's that's wonderful, you know? And I mean, if, if Jane shows up and, like, suddenly Emma's fixed everything maybe she doesn't need to stay as long she yeah. can go back to london sooner certainly there's is, oh sorry go ahead. yeah which is great for everyone especially emma <laughs> there's certainly less for maddie to brag about if emma's the one solving all her problems right then maybe she can brag about emma to jane and i don't i wonder how equal that is too does Ma- the way maddie brags about jane so much not brags but like she's just, she's just very proud she's of so her proud, niece yeah, yeah. The way she just talks and talks about Jane, is that the same way Jane is also hearing about Emma, I wonder? Honestly, yes, because I think this is who (laughs) Maddie is. Like, she, like, has these, like, young women in her life, and she's extremely proud of them and all the work that they're doing. I'm sure she brags about Emma all the time. I'm sure, yeah. She calls her or emails her. She's like, and Emma Woodhouse just helped a senator. Like, she just had a senator as her client. She had Ryan Weston, you know, of the Weston Cupcake Empire. Totally. I'm sure Jane's also like, okay, I get it. Emma's great. (laughs) I'm also helping in the world too, you know. (laughs) And I do non-profit stuff, which is better than (laughs) for-profit. Yeah. Because you make no money. Yeah. So I think there's like a mutual like understanding of like annoyance of each other of like always hearing about their accomplishments and maybe if that wasn't the situation where they're always hearing about it there'd be a better relationship there but that's where they're at (laughs) we haven't even met jane yet we're still ways off from that and it'll get interesting when she's in town and she's a part of the office definitely so with that let's go to the comments where we read original youtube comments from when these episodes first aired starting with episode 33 Jello Girl 2010 says, 
Maddie Bates won't know she's helping. Please, Emma, darling, you're more obvious than a blizzard in the South. (laughs) That's funny. She is. JJ says, this is going to be a disaster. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Just not optimistic about Emma's involvement already. Nope. Jan says, wasn't Emma supposed to set up Alex on a date sometime? He lost that bet months ago. We all forgot about that. This was a good point. Mm -hmm. I was like, I forgot about that. This was the Flowers Are Romantic uh, episode, right? Where he was like, I could bring a girl flowers. And she's like, the day you do that is the day I get to set you up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And she's supposed to set him up on a date. And she was like, I'll do that. And we just never heard about it or it never happened. No follow through. You know, Emma doesn't do that, really. She she isn't someone to just drop the ball on something. So is there a reason why she hasn't set up nightly on a date? I mean, in her defense, she's been pretty distracted. She's been very busy. (laughs) Like her whole life getting derailed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She can't think about that. But it's not a priority for her. No, it's not. For other reasons (laughs) It's not like Alex is bringing it up either. Like, hey, you haven't set me up on that date. Yeah, because why would he want to date anyone? Exactly. (laughs) Leslie says, is it me or do they meaning Alex and Emma, sit closer and closer each episode? Perhaps. I think so. Maybe. But, you know, they're just getting more friendly. I mean, they've always had a very casual relationship anyways, but it does seem like they are more, like, flirty with each other in a very non-flirty way, but still. But, like, we can see it. But we can see it. From episode 34, La Fille Kili says, I actually love this version of Maddie Bates. She's not annoying like Emma sees her, just enthusiastic and caring, which means it's easier to see Emma's flaws later on. Perfect casting is perfect. (laughs) No, I agree. Like, I did not think she was annoying at all. I thought she was very endearing and, like, loving and joyous and optimistic. And I was just like, I want to hang out with you every day. (laughs) You're going to make the day better. I mean, we got the gem cut montage version of the Jane uh, praise fest (laughs) sort of thing. So maybe we would be more annoyed if we were in the room. Mm -hmm. But as someone we just see, like, for five minutes, like, yeah, Maddie seems like a great person to hang around and so optimistic that you're all so you would leave that conversation feeling optimistic and like, all right, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Asley says, Maddie Bates is so adorable and wonderful and I love her. She is the new Mr. Collins of my heart. I feel like she's way better than Mr. Collins. Oh, yeah. Like, Mr. I, Collins I, was annoying. <laughs> no, like I see the comparison because yeah. like these are just two like obliviously optimistic people. But Maddie, I just feel like is, she reminds me of a mom, you know? Yeah. She, she's a mom. And she Mr. Is. Collins is just like, kind of a selfish nerd you know (laughs) like he cares but he's a selfish nerd just like mansplaining things every so often and pizza pie 08 says having not read the book i was worried that when this maddie finally did show up that she would be extremely annoying however now that she's here i find that i love her more than i can say i don't know if it's the way she is acted or what but i do i agree like i don't she's perfect (laughs) and there were Plenty more comments on this episode about how perfect the casting was of Nakia Gamby-Turner. She plays the role of Maddie so well, and I think it's a really, it was really great for them to cast a woman of color in this role as well. You get more diversity in this story, and we're only going to get to see more of her, which is really awesome. Hooray! Yay! This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved.